Okay, everybody, new week, new opportunity to talk a little hoops here on the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Um, an absolutely thrilling weekend of sports that was actually followed, um, or actually, I guess I should say, it was actually happened after a pretty normal uh, midweek um, from the college basketball world. Um, not a lot of upsets midweek, but oh, buddy, were there some upsets over the weekend. Uh, Skip's back with us today. Good to have him. We were talking about before we got on here. Crazy how many teams lost this weekend. Just real quick, I've got them written down. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, and number nine all lost on Saturday. The only team in the top ten to get a win on Saturday was Skip's Duke Blue Devils throttling Syracuse. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But um, start off with this this crazy this these uh these losses here uh skip we'll bring you on here buddy uh just for your quick thoughts over the weekend and uh what you thought you saw yeah dude another great week of college hoops um the fact that the top six teams all lost uh, which is the first time in men's college basketball history and like you said seven out of the top 10 lost as well um so just a great overall weekend a lot of court storms uh, which I believe that schools should never get fined for. That's a whole different topic for an, another day. Yeah. Um, a lot of senior days, a lot of uh, a lot of teams wrapping up their seasons, get gearing up for the conference tournament. So again, man, another thrilling week of college hoops, and can't wait to uh, see what this bring, see what this week brings as well. Yeah, um, actually, for Power Fives, this is the last week of the regular season. Um, so a few more episodes here, Skip, we're going to be in the tournament doing the bracket challenge, which I will uh, go ahead and announce here. Um, I'm going to be getting that set up. We're going to have it, uh, available to anybody and everybody who wants to, um, who wants to partake in the, uh, figure it out podcast bracket challenge. Um, winner of that it's free to enter, but winner of that might get something, um, in the mail to them. Um, I'm not going to announce that uh, yet, but we got something in the works that I think you're going to want to join the uh, you're going to want to join the bracket challenge, see what you can uh, what you can win. But um, mid majors start their conference tournament this uh, this upcoming week, actually. Um, the two that I care the most about, they start on Wednesday and wrap up Saturday. Uh, excuse me. No wrap up Sunday pardon me um and we'll get to that here in a little bit but uh Skip I guess with all these losses on our card here uh no better time for you to start the show honestly and give us your Duke rundown huge week for Duke um they moved themselves into the top four in some polls um actually in both the polls I have written down that one has them at four and one has them at two uh, just give us your thoughts on the Blue Devils. They might be hitting their stride at the right time. Absolutely, man. They're playing some really, really good basketball right now. And uh, they got a gritty win early on in the week at Virginia. Really good revenge win, uh, 65-61. As uh, all you college basketball fans know, those Virginia games are always super low scoring. So um, to be able to grind out that win on the road was huge for them. And then, like you said, man, to come out against uh, a good Syracuse team and just dominate from start to finish, 97 to 72. Uh, they're playing very good right now. Uh, I like to allude on the fact that they had 26 assists on 35 field goals. 
they had 15 threes, and then they only had six turnovers for the game. So when you're sharing the ball like that, when you're hitting outside shots, and when you're not turning the ball over, that is a recipe for success. Um, so for their offense to be hitting on all cylinders at the right time, that's very, very good. Um, hopefully they can keep that momentum going into the conference tournament, like I said. And uh, their playmakers are just – they're just playing – to make plays right now, to be honest with you, they're, they're stepping up and, um, you know, playing to their strengths and they're playing together as a team. And, uh, obviously with coach K, there's a lot on the line with him, this being his, uh, his last season. So, you know, that there's, they're playing even more hard for him probably, um, than they normally would, but, uh, yeah, man, it's just a, a great time to be a Duke fan right now. Hopefully they can, uh, win the conference tournament and, I like their chances if they do so. I like their chances to get a one seed in the uh, in the big dance. Yeah, I honestly think if they went out and just make the ACC final, I think they might be a one seed. Um, they're really putting themselves in a position to succeed here. And I believe it's Pittsburgh in the week this week. And then they obviously finish with North Carolina, which we'll get to them um, as a non-biased fan. Uh you know, that isn't an easy win for Duke. I think UNC would want nothing more than to beat Coach K in his final game at Cameron Indoor. That would be uh, honestly kind of the antithesis of poetic um, losing to your biggest rival in the biggest rivalry in college basketball. Your last game at your home stadium, the loss to them. Um, I think there's a lot of good, interesting storylines in that game, but uh Duke looking ready to make a run in March. Uh, this team is they're nasty. Skip, uh, I absolutely love uh, Paolo. Also, top five name probably in college hoops. I'd say, um, yeah, they're really good. Um, another team in the top ten that got a win uh, and honestly looking really good, kind of getting it together at a good time as well. And a team that has ranked third in every poll this week. Uh, that I feel like no one is talking about, dude. Um, and it's the Baylor Bears. Uh, first off, <laughs> I honestly, I got to be honest with you, I didn't forget, but like, I'm glad that um, uh, I think they were on CBS. No, they were on ESPN. I'm glad that ESPN reminded me that they won the 2021 national championship. I mean, that seems like forever ago. And I feel like people are forgetting that. And they returned a lot of guys from that team. And Scott Drew is a really, really good coach. So, um, I, I, they're good and no one's talking about them. Yeah, I agree. And um, the fact that they – I mean, Kansas started out that game on Saturday. They, they started out guns a-blazing, and it, and it looked like Kansas was going to roll them. And then uh, Baylor just kind of hung around and – uh, put themselves in position at the very end of the game to to make plays and and they were able to uh, to grind out that win. So that was a huge win for Baylor. Um, I know that ESPN did a story just today, uh, kind of just breaking down conference by conference who they think um, is going to win each conference. And uh, a lot of the college basketball analysts, I, I know that there were two or three of them that had Baylor winning it all uh, mm -hmm. in the Big Twelve. So. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about Kansas and uh, the emergence of Texas Tech as well. But uh, kind of like you said, man, you know, you can't forget that Baylor is the reigning national champs. And 
they do return a lot of players and uh dude they just they play hard they play hard and they play defense and um so you know they're you know that in the back of their mind that they're wanting to to continue to prove themselves and, and keep themselves on the map and um obviously if you're the defending national champion you, you want to keep that crown and, and do whatever you can to to go back to back which is something that has hardly ever happened in the history of college basketball so yeah. um you know that they have a lot to play for and um and yeah it's it's really going to be interesting to see who ends up winning the big 12 because we've talked about it several times the the big 12 is just such a, a deep conference with so many good teams and um i, I think that there are numerous teams that that have a, a very good chance of of winning that conference tournament so uh, that's going to be huge for, for Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech. Uh, I think that whoever wins the, the conference tournament is, um, you know, that could be the difference between a one seed or possibly even dropping down to like a three or a four seed. So um, that's going to be huge for those teams. And, um, and Baylor is a, a very, very good basketball team. And I think maybe Baylor, too, uh, watching them in the week win at Oklahoma State by two on the road. Um, I think they might just be a team that kind of starts a little slow because uh, I completely honestly forgot that you, like, you brought up a great point about how Kansas was manhandling them in the first half. But Baylor cut it to one right before the break. And Kansas never really rebounded in the second half. It kind of felt like that game was always going to be Baylor's to lose. Um, it seemed like they had it pretty well wrapped up in the second half, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and a team that's been there before, man, you can never rule them out, just like you can never rule out Kansas in the Big 12 because they win it every damn year. But uh, Baylor freshly there, and they know what it takes, and they have championship pedigree. So watch out for the Bears. They got uh, that got championship it. swagger, just like Tyron Matthew. Yeah, well, that's – you remember when you were talking about different conversation for a different day? That is a different conversation for a different day, Skeeby. <laughs> we'll keep that one on the back burner for a bit. But moving, uh, staying in the win column here, moving outside of the top 10, uh, three, I thought, key wins for some teams that were on the outside looking in as a potential one through four seed. Uh, Wisconsin, UCLA, and Providence all uh, secured victories. Uh, this weekend, uh, Wisconsin had a huge win at Rutgers. Rutgers hadn't lost a game um, in their in their stadium um, in quite some time. I think in the in the uh, non conference was the last time they lost a game at home. Uh, they're they're tough to play at home. Huge win for UCLA or uh, for Wisconsin. Excuse me. Uh, we talked about them last week. Bring them up again. Kids of stud. Johnny Davis goes for nineteen. When you get that kind of production on the road from your best players, dude, you're gonna win. Uh, UCLA, huge win at Oregon State. Um, UCLA, you think about Johnny Juzang, but a guy I don't think we've talked about on here that he's getting a lot of buzz, uh, and he got a lot of buzz on Saturday, is Tiger Campbell. <laughs> First off, maybe a top five name <laughs> in, in, in the uh, NCAA. Tiger Campbell goes for 20 at Oregon State, a game that UCLA should definitely win. But um, as we've seen, obviously, this weekend, um, you can't take anybody for granted because their Pac-12 counterpart, Arizona, took Colorado for granted and went to Colorado and lost. So a huge win for the Bruins there. Um, and then lastly, real quick, Providence. Uh, Providence big win. Uh, I've been talking about Jared Bynum a lot. 
Um, they destroyed a really decent Creighton team. Uh, Creighton's been talked about um, potential win in the Big East, so a huge win for them. A.J. Reeves, this game, though, uh, another guy to watch out for at come tournament time. He went for 23. Huge production from guys all weekend. Um, Skip, anything on any of those games? Yeah. Um, so you alluded to it, Tiger Campbell, huge game for UCLA. And um, I wanted to note, too, that uh, Johnny Juzang, unfortunately, has he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. So he's listed as day to day. Um, so that's just a, a perfect example of, of guys stepping up whenever, um, you know, next man up mentality type of thing. So uh, Tiger Campbell knew that he needed to have a big game with Juzang, um, you know, down on the shelf with that ankle. So uh, a huge, huge step up game for him. And um, that's that's so important at, at this time of the year, because you like we've always said, you need your your best players to make plays and step up and, and lead your team. And um, unfortunately for Juzang, I, I hope that he's OK. But uh, we've talked about it in the past as well, man. This is the time of year, those nagging ankle injuries, those you know, just minor, minor injuries are super important. And a lot of times it's, it's, uh, it comes down to who's the healthiest team and who has all their guys. So, um, UCLA, yeah, definitely good wins for them, bro. I am, I'm bought in on the Providence train. Yeah, um, dude, that could be a train that the podcast hops on Providence. Yeah, dude, they are, they, I've been telling you, Skeevy, I've been telling yeah, you. They're, they're a, a very good basketball team um they had a thriller game this week uh winning against xavier at home uh providence won that game 99 92 and triple overtime uh so i mean you can't ask for a better game than that and uh i know you've been talking about him a lot jared bynum uh jared bynum is he's a stud um and the fact that he doesn't even start is crazy to me he yeah. comes off the bench and just puts up the numbers that he does um kind of like a jamal crawford type of player just come in and, and just get buckets and yep. or a um, young young harden yeah absolutely man and jared bynum he has a throughout his career man he has a great story um i was reading up on it and uh he his freshman year he was at saint joseph's and he was pretty much a star he played majority of the game averaged about 11 points and then uh he came over to providence and uh he actually redshirted his first year at providence so then fast forward to last season he only played so these were the numbers that, that stood out to me he only played 17 games but still played about 27 minutes a game dude from the field he was shooting 31 percent and from three he was shooting 11 percent from three and was only averaging six points a game fast forward to this year he's played 23 games played similar minutes played about 28 minutes a game but this year this is the staggering numbers that the major difference that just stood out to me he uh he's now shooting 44 percent from the field and he goes from 11 percent from three-point range to 45 percent i mean that is just that's just insane in one year. Um, last year, he, he was five for 42 from three. And this year, he's 38 of 85 from three, averaging 13 points a game. So 
shout out to Jared Bynum, man. That's just a great story. Um, starts out at one school, transfers, red shirts, doesn't have a good season at all last year, and then just comes back with a vengeance this year and uh, is a part of a, a top 10 Providence team. So just thought that that was a really, really cool story and uh, kind of just, you know, a tribute to I'm sure he obviously worked his butt off this offseason and became yeah. a better shooter. And um, I mean, that's probably changed his life for the better. You know, he, he possibly might go to the NBA now. And um, so just just an overall great story for Jared, Jared Bynum. Yep, and keep your eye on him in the tournament. Providence is the real deal. And um, next, I want to actually give you a lot of credit, Skip. You caught my eye last week bringing the info to the podcast. Uh, you said keep your eye on Wake Forest. Well, I did keep my eye on Wake Forest. Um, dominated Louisville this weekend, 99-77. Um, they're 22-8. and eight. Uh, I feel like they're kind of the ACC team that people aren't really talking about. Um, you don't go 22-8. and eight. And especially in the ACC, I know it's having a bit of a down year, but still a good conference. You go 22 and eight, um, another top five name guy in the NCAA, like you said last week, Skip, uh, Alondis Williams. Kids balling, dude. Alondis, A L O N D E S, Alondis. Gotta love it. Um, great basketball name. But uh, Demon Deacons, they could be uh, they could be a problem in the ACC tourney, especially. You're not gonna wanna play them early round of the ACC tournament. No way, man. And, uh, you know, I talked about it last week. They were – a lot of the analysts are actually predicting Alondis Williams to be the ACC player of the year this year. Um, so he is a straight Cooper. Um, and Wake Forest, yeah, I mean, they uh, they almost beat Duke a couple weeks ago. I know we talked about that last week. Almost beat Duke on what would have been one of the craziest shots you'll ever see from half court at the – or three-quarters court at the buzzer, one-handed. Yeah. Um, so they were, uh, they were right there and, and they actually came back in that game down 19 in the second half Duke was up 19 and they came all the way back and, and made it that close of a game. So they're a scrappy team. Um, and definitely in my opinion, I think that that's, uh, probably, uh, you know, hopefully cross my fingers. If Duke makes the, uh, the championship game in the ACC, I think that that's who they're probably going to face is, uh, is wake forest. So. Wow, yeah, I think so. I really do. I think that they're the second best team in the ACC behind Duke. Um, and, you know, they're, uh, they, they just have a lot of playmakers. Like, I know we say that a lot, but it's just the truth. Um, they have a lot of playmakers and they can hit a lot of threes. And um, whenever you have a, a caliber player like Alondis Williams, that's, you're always, uh, you always got your hands full. So uh, watch out for Wake Forest, man. They're, they're going to be a tough, a tough out in the tournament without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I need to, I actually, uh, I need to uh, continue to watch them. Uh, could also maybe, maybe if uh, the demon Deacons and the blue devils face off in the ACC tourney, I have to put a little wager on it. Skeevy, a little friendly uh, <laughs> podcast wager. I'll obviously go with the Deacons and let it roll. Um, but that'd be fun. Uh, keep your eye on the uh, forest. Yeah. I'm all, I'm great. all for it. <laughs> Another team, Skip, that's caught my eye over the weekend that I've uh, kind of haven't been keeping my eye on, but uh, caught my eye this weekend um, is Bama, number twenty-four ranked Bama. They've won five of their last six, um, and I think that number could be a little uh, misconstrued. Um, their last seven games, uh, 
excuse me, the last six games. No, actually, this is this would include seven. The last seven games, they lost all Kentucky, then they beat Arkansas, they beat Ole Miss, they beat Mississippi State, they lost to Kentucky, they beat Vandy and South Carolina. Um, so I'm not really sure what this win streak tells me. It's tough to win five of six, but when your when your wins are coming against lower tier SEC opponents and you can't beat the big or the best team at least once, um, don't get me wrong, I understand um, what kind of Kentucky team we're dealing with, but are you real? Are you not? I have some questions, you know? Yeah. And um, I will note that, uh, that Arkansas, uh, the Razorbacks have won 13 of their last 14 games. So with that only loss being to Bama. So um, yeah. for you to be, for you to be one of the hottest teams in the entire nation, that, that uh, definitely speaks volume. And um, yeah, dude, I mean, I know at the very start of the season that Alabama was preseason and uh, the first couple weeks of the season, they were in the top 15. Bama uh, beat Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I don't know for sure, but I think that they were, they were as high as like 14 or 15 in the top 25, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, they obviously kind of fell off a little bit there for a while, um, <laughs> dropped out of the top 25. But again, man, you know, teams kind of, we, uh, we talked about this, I think, the very first episode that we had. Uh, teams are way different this time of year than they were back in November and December. I mean, they, they kind of find their identity. They find out their strengths, their weaknesses. Um, so, you know, some teams are a completely different team than they were early on in the season. So uh, for them to kind of have a roller coaster ride of a season to – you know, obviously before the year it have a lot of expectations going in to dropping off, you know, they, they, it could have just been a wasted season for them and, and they could have continued to, to decline. But um, I know that they have a very, very, very good coach and Nate Oates as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure he kept his troops rallied and, uh, and, you know, for them to bounce back and, and fight through it, through that adversity to be able to, start to play their best basketball whenever it's most important says a lot about their program. So, um, yeah, dude, I mean, the, the sec is, is super, super talented right now. Um, you know, I feel like in my opinion, this is the best the sec has been in previous years for sure. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot, a lot of good teams in the sec. So, um, yeah, Bama's Bama's a very, very tough team for sure. Um, the SEC is really good. Uh, it's actually crazy good. A team from the SEC, in my opinion, that no one's talking about is Tennessee, um, beating Kentucky and Auburn recently. Uh, this, I think this week actually, or no, they, I think they beat Kentucky two weeks ago and then they beat Auburn Saturday, but two huge wins for them that has to project them high up into the rankings. I actually didn't even keep my eye out for Tennessee. This has them ranked 11th uh, on the kinpom.com stats. So I think that that's telling um, what kind of team they are. 21 and seven. No one's talking about them. Like borderline Hall of Fame coach, maybe, and uh, Rick Barnes, old Texas coach. Um, they're poised. Tennessee, keep your eye out. Um, and Skip's probably not going to like me for this, but I got to give a shout out where it's due. Uh, team to keep your eye out as we get down the stretch here North Carolina. Three, uh, three straight um, wins in a row for the for the Tar Heels. Their next two are against Syracuse, who Duke just throttled, 
And then, like I talked about earlier, uh, they finished the season with Duke. Um, Skip, I think you might need to be worried a little bit about the Tar Heels. Uh, I got a feeling they'll beat Syracuse. Um, and then, you know, I don't want I don't want to see a hot Tar Heels team. Um, Armando Bacote, top. I'm not I'm not gonna give him top five. I'm gonna give him top ten. But Armando Bacote, 16.3 points per game. I think he's turning on at the right time. Um, and we talked about him last week. Caleb Love, shout out St. Louis. But Hubert Davis. Carolina blood, uh, he might have that program going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, Carolina is just, like you said, as much as I hate to admit it, Carolina is just Carolina. I mean, they're, yeah. they're just a, a premier program. They're always going to be in the mix, um, you know, year in and year out. It's, it's going to be them and Duke and a couple of other teams in the ACC. So, um, you know, from – from a fan perspective, I guess I I wouldn't mind seeing uh, North Carolina be be a good team. So then that just makes the Duke and Carolina rivalry even better. Yeah. Um, even though Duke is still better in my opinion, of course. But right. um, yeah, dude. Uh, for my sure. opinion I mean, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never you never want to see Carolina in the tournament. Um, you know, they're they're always just such a such a poised. Uh, very well balanced, very fundamental team. Um, so yeah, I, as much as I hate to admit it, yeah, I, I would not want to see Carolina in the tournament as well. <laughs> yeah, um, but just a team uh, that could be hitting their stride well right now. I'm not saying that they can go deep in the tourney, but I think they can win a game in the tournament. Absolutely, they can. Um, and that's what's crazy about the tournament, Chan, is that there are so many teams that we don't even talk about or don't even think about that. Um, that's, that's the beauty of the tournament. You know, it, it's winner go home. So yeah. it's, it's literally the team who shows up that day um, and is the better team in that specific game. Cause I mean, you, you truly never know. Um, I, I know that we've talked about it before, but Oregon state last year, I mean, who right. ever thought that Oregon state would have made the run that they did. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, what team is the hottest, what team's playing their best basketball. Um, obviously, you have to have a little bit of luck with it because uh, some regions are are sometimes more stacked, quote-unquote, so to speak, um, than other regions. So it, that's also a huge aspect of it, too, is who you get paired up with in your region um, because, obviously, you don't want to have to play – uh, too many good teams leading up to the final four. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there, there's just so much that goes into it. So uh, that's, but that's honestly the beauty of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's why I think the theme of the episode for me tonight has just been keep your eye on and fill in the blank. Cause I think this year is really going to be about, and it is pretty much in every other year, but it just seems like more so this year, it's just the team that's hot that day, you know, like yep. anybody, I feel like anybody can literally beat anybody. And um, I didn't feel that way last year about Baylor. I know they lost. I think they lost to Kansas in the regular season. But Baylor, especially as the tournament got down to the end, they were throttling people. They were not going to lose the national championship last year. And that showed definitely against a decent Gonzaga team. I mean, a team that came up a game short of a national title. Um, they got murdered. So I don't think yeah. there's a team like that. Um, 
And, and that's why I think there's these teams out there. I've got two more that I'll finish the show on in a second that I want you to keep your eye on too, uh, as we head towards March. Um, last day of February, actually, tomorrow will be March 1st. So you actually be hearing this episode on the first day of March. You should feel special. Figure it out, pod listeners. Happy to be here with you, Skeeby, as always. Now, let's get in to these losses. Top 10 meltdown will be the first stanza on my figure it out pod. Listen here tweet. Um, what a meltdown from the top 10. And real quick, before we get into the, to the Saturday top 10, the midweek top 10, all every team that we're about to talk about that lost won in the middle of the week. Gonzaga beat San Francisco. Arizona won, Auburn won, Purdue won, Kentucky, or excuse me, Kansas won, and Kentucky won, and Texas Tech all won in the midweek and all circled back around on Saturday and lost. And if that isn't college basketball to you, I don't know what is. And that, it, 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 the crazy thing to me too is that all these games, uh, they were they just like all every single one of these teams honestly all these teams right here i think could actually win national title and all these teams just kind of got beat this weekend they played the other team's absolute best and it and it broke them um and i just want to go through these losses real quick and i want to talk about them skip um i rewatched i watched the gonzaga game and i guess i didn't really realize this but um like while I was watching it, but I went back and watched the highlights. Uh, St. Mary's was just flat out on fire, dude. Um, they never trailed in this game. They shot 50% from the floor in the first half. Uh, I don't care who you are. Um, you're not beating 50% from the field. Um, you're just not. That's an insane rate. Um, and I would love to see St. Mary's do that again. Uh, I think it was just a perfect storm. It was at St. Mary's. Gonzaga played on a Thursday um, and then turned around and played on Saturday. Uh, St. Mary's was obviously fired up. Gonzaga looked lethargic. Um, and one negative thing, I, I don't want to talk bad of, on players, but if I had to critique Chet, Holm, Chet Holmgren at all, that dude, I know he's a freshman, but that dude sucks on defense. That guy gets bodied in the post. Uh, I honestly feel like I could go out there and at least move him. Um, not scoring over him, but I could at least move him. He uh, just didn't have it on Saturday night. Gonzaga lost. Yeah, I would have to agree on your take about Chet Holmgren. He's obviously a superior talent. He's a great player. But I unfortunately don't think it's going to translate over into the NBA. I mean, no, he better not um, go this year either. And I think, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just too skinny. He's too soft. Yeah. Um, and I just don't really see where he fits in, in the NBA. I mean, um, cause obviously he's, he's seven feet, so he can get his shot off. He can shoot over you, but it's not like he's the quickest guy. So I don't know if he's going to play more of a guard position and then, like you just said, I mean, I, I agree. I think you would be able to move him inside. So it's like, <laughs> Dude. It, it's not like he's going to be able to bang around in the post. So I, I really don't know where he's going to fit in um, in the NBA. I think it's going to be honestly one of those like, you know, project type of players. They're going to maybe, maybe take him, but 
try and just develop him in two or three years. Like, cause I mean, like I said, I don't even know how much he weighs, but I feel like I weigh more than him and I'm super <laughs> tall. So, you know, that's, uh, that's saying a lot. So I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a tough call, but he, like I said, he's still a, a great talent. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with him. Yeah. Um, so I don't really put a lot of stock in Gonzaga's loss. And obviously the national media didn't either because everybody still has him ranked number one. So, um, yeah, interesting. I don't think you've ever, that's, that's gotta be one of the few times in the history of college basketball that the number one team in the country loses and they don't even move a spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's just what happens whenever all five teams below them lose as well it's just yep. it's it's pretty crazy so um i agree i mean i i think that gonzaga would beat st mary's nine times out of ten i think that st mary they just got hot and again it was their senior day so they were fired up the crowd was going crazy uh and whenever you shoot the lights out like that that's <laughs> you're uh you're gonna be very tough to beat so yeah, I don't put much stock into it as well. Uh, I think, again, it's one of those losses that, yeah, they just they just lost the game and they uh, they just need to kind of throw that film out and forget about it and move on. Yeah, um, and that's the exact same narrative with this next uh, team, Arizona. Uh, they lost to Colorado. Um, they just kind of – it just kind of seemed like they weren't really into the game. Um, Colorado, not that great. Um, but kind of an excusable loss. You still need to find ways to do it. Um, they were in the game more so than Gonzaga was in terms of the scoreboard. But again, not really a big, not, not a game I put a lot of, a lot of stock into. Uh, Arizona's still nasty. Um, the AP top 10 has them at two still. So like they're kind of a product of every team losing. Um, and Chan, I'm honestly glad that you brought that up because the, the tournament, the dynamic of the tournament and the way that it's set up and, how many games you play in X amount of days. Um, you know, that is so important. The, the mental side of the game is so important. Um, you know, you got to be locked in every single possession. You got to be yeah. locked into your game plan before the game. Like a, a lot of it, I mean, basketball is such a, a mental sport um, that, you know, you, you got to be smarter than the other team. And, um, if, if you're not all there and you're not clicking on all cylinders, like there's no room for error. <laughs> no. I mean, if you uh, a turnover here or a missed layup or a missed free throw here and there, like that can be the difference in you going home. So, right. um, I mean, you got it. You got to be on your A game at all times. And um, there's just literally absolutely no room for error in March Madness. Yep, and speaking of no room for error, Auburn, um, losers of two of their last three, uh, their only win coming against Ole Miss last Wednesday, but um, the SEC is tough, man. We talked about Tennessee earlier, too, um, but their other loss was to Florida, who just won again on Saturday, so um, I, 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 again, don't see much concern. I don't love that there's two losses. All these other teams have really only lost once, um, in the last couple of games, but, um, on the road in Gainesville, on the road in Knoxville, uh, tough places to play teams fired up to beat you. 
Florida had to win that game to give themselves any sort of tournament life um, in Tennessee, like we talked about already. So um, not much of a concern there for the Tigers. Um, Jabari Smith is nasty. I, I really don't see much concern. I think they have – they can go deep in the tourney for sure. Yep, I agree. Yeah, not, not, much, not much thought into that loss either. That's, that's a really, really tough game at Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, and the same with this – all these losses, where they're going to have an overarching theme. I'm not going to put a lot of stock into them because these teams are legit, um, and it's impossible to win every basketball game. It just is. You just got to get hot at the right time. These teams are bound to slip up. And um, I've, I've really liked – we got uh, on Purdue last week. Uh, and, and, of course, as soon as we do, they lose. But they lost to a Tom Izzo team approaching March um, at home and on a last-second three. Um, Michigan State, the place was rocking. Uh, Purdue was in the game. It was tied. Um, he hit a contested three, and they lost. Uh, so, again, that's just kind of the narrative of college basketball. but. I think Purdue beats Michigan State seven times out of ten, um, yeah. and that yeah. just happened to be one of those three. And going uh, going off that as well, Chan, um, Tom Izzo in that game, he tied Bob Knight for most Big Ten wins at 662 and uh, also uh, most top five wins with 23, tied Bob Knight on uh, both of those records, so – Wow. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive, uh, impressive statistic right there, to say the least. Um, and dude, Tom Izzo is just Mr. Michigan State. I mean, he's mm-hmm. that guy is just fired up over there on the sidelines. I mean, I would hate to be one of the one of his players and mess up in a game because, you know, that you are just going to get an absolute earful from that yeah. guy. And he is yeah. not he is not afraid to show it. So, um he actually he's been at Michigan State his entire career. He's never been at any other school. Uh, he was an assistant coach for Michigan State from 1983 to 1995, which is pretty unheard of. I mean, being an assistant coach for 12 years, yeah. and then um, and then stuck with it and be- became the head coach at Michigan State in '95, and is obviously still there to this day. So he is uh, the definition of Sparty. Mm-hmm. and uh you know he's he's always gonna have his guys fired up for sure so um kind of crazy too you talked about that three that he hit um that same exact thing and same exact spot same exact shot I mean it was like it, it was just a carbon copy of each other that happened to Michigan State a couple weeks ago against Illinois a guy for Illinois hit a three, same spot, yeah. same situation. Like it was, it was picture perfect like that. So mm-hmm. um, Michigan state rebounded and, uh, and definitely uh, bounced back and, and did the same exact thing to Purdue. So that's, that's so key, you know, um, guys just stepping up and making plays. I mean, that's, that's one of those that on both of those occasions, it was pretty good defense. You know, obviously we can sit here and say, could have been better defense, but I mean, the, the guy is a contested three um, with little time on the clock. I mean, that's kind of one of those that you just got to tip your hat. Yep, exactly. Um, I, I really like Purdue. I think that they have a lot of size and a lot of good guard play. I think they could be a huge issue in the tournament. I could also see them being 
one and done and a huge upset uh, in the tournament. That's kind of the Purdue I'm looking at um, right now. Um, same with this next team, honestly, in my opinion. And I can't quite understand what the national narrative is on Kansas. Um, it seems like people don't want to buy into them. I don't really know that I understand like why that is. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. Um, they lose on the road to Baylor. Um, they absolutely throttled Kansas State on Tuesday, I think, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. I mean, that was an ass-kicking. They scored 102 in a Big 12 game. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. But I, I don't – I'm just the, – the, my biggest question for Kansas is their size. Uh, they really don't have anybody underneath. Um, they have serviceable guys, but I don't think serviceable takes you to the final dance. Um, I mean, McCormick and Lightfoot are just not it. They, they just aren't. Um, and Baylor just kind of out physical them. And um, I don't think – I, I didn't understand the flow of the game was weird. Kansas had all the momentum, and then suddenly it just they just lost it. Yeah. Um, Kansas, you know, they're a very good basketball team and they have a lot of good players, but I think that one of their downfalls is their size. Like you just said, they don't have much size and, uh, they really don't go that deep into their bench. Um, yeah. I, I was reading an article that said, uh, they, they basically, and I guess I didn't even realize it while I was watching, but they basically only played six guys against Baylor and you just, you, you can't do that. I mean, um especially come tournament i mean you can't you can't rely on your starters to take you to the promised land for 40 minutes every single game so um you know that's that's uh that's definitely another knock on kansas i guess is that they don't have much much coming off the bench and um you know that that puts a lot of pressure on their starters to uh to step up even more so i i i wouldn't completely write kansas off Cause like, like I said, you know, they, uh, they did look very good against, against uh, Kansas state and putting up 102 points and they've had a lot of quality wins this year. Um, but I, I don't know if they're a final four team. I don't, I don't think that they are. Yep. I love it. I won't argue with you on that. Um, Kentucky uh, still, they, I really honestly think they might be the best team in the country. Uh, we said it last week. I think you said it. I'm starting to kind of buy in. Um, they are really good, but they ended up losing on Saturday to on another really close game. Um, I think Arkansas won by two, right, Skip? Or what was it? Two or one? I, I believe it was two. Yep. Yeah. But it came down to the wire. Um, and Arkansas, we talked about them a couple times. They're they're a good basketball team too. Great coach in the must bus. Um, so you know that they're going to bring it uh, at, especially at Bud Walton. Uh, Fayetteville looked fired up. I need to go to a game there. Honestly, I've never really been to Fayetteville. Shout out Sneezy, uh, Skip's brother, um, down there in Fayetteville. But um, I, 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 Kentucky is just too good for me. Um, you take them, you put them on a neutral site uh, with somebody else, and I think they're just better at the end of the day. Yeah, the fact that uh, Oscar Shibway had 30 points and 18 rebounds is pretty absurd. Yeah, this kid's um, a freak, dude. I think that might I have mean, won him National Player of the Year. 
for real. Yeah, the fact that you have a guy that does that and you still barely lost, I mean, that, that kind of says a lot about your team. And um, Arkansas, I mean, my brother Jake, uh, he said that Fayetteville was absolutely rocking, said that the crowd was just going wild. Um, he went to the and, game? Uh, yes, he did go to the game. He was there. So nice. it was an un- unreal experience. And, uh, and dude, Arkansas has a, a really good player themselves, J.D. Note. Pr- another pretty pretty sweet name, to say the least. Good. But Yeah, keep your um, eye out. Yeah, I mean, against Kentucky, he had 30 points and eight assists. And against their, uh, their win against Florida, he had 22 points and six rebounds. Um, he's a returner from their team last year, so he does have that experience and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, dude. Uh, Kentucky is – I mean, Kentucky is very good. And um, whenever you have a dominant force like Oscar Shibwe and, you know, man in the middle like that, there's very few players in the uh, entire nation that can stop that guy. So uh, he poses a lot of threats to, to other teams on the offensive and defensive end. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that that's just – a hard-fought SEC game, um, and Arkansas just again made plays at the at the end and and squeaked it out. So, um, but yes, Kentucky is very scary. I agree. Yep. And the last game uh, that we talked that that was a big loss, um, crazy weird loss. I don't understand this one at all. Number nine, Texas Tech lost at TCU. Um, I think this is the most shocking one out of them all because I know that it, I mean, no one cares about basketball at TCU um, and they haven't had a very good year this year. Uh, tech. I'm, I'm kind of romantic about tech. I don't know why I absolutely love the way they play. Um, I think they can at least go on a run. They could, I think they're definitely an elite eight team uh, potentially beyond Um just their ability to get up in you and guard, it's ridiculous. But uh, just didn't have it in Fort Worth on Saturday night. No stock in this one for me. Um, they, i got a feeling it could be them in Kansas for the Big 12 title. Yep, that's who I got slated down is, uh, is, is Texas Tech, Baylor, or Kansas for the, uh, for the title. And it's pretty crazy. I, I, I don't know if this is a uh, – should have done a little bit more research, but – um, I'm not sure if this is a makeup game or what, but Kansas this week actually plays at TCU Tuesday, and then they turn around Thursday and play TCU at home. So they play Whoa. TCU. They play TCU back to back games. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so watch out for that for that as well. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about it. TCU not having the greatest year this year, but coming off a huge win against Texas Tech, they could. They could have some momentum going into that game. Um, so probably not going to be a very easy game for, uh, for Kansas. No. So, um, but yeah, I, I did not get a chance to watch the Texas Tech TCU game. So I'm not entirely sure what happened that game, but I think that that's just one of those that they just didn't have their, their a game that day. And, um, you know, obviously I'm sure that, <laughs> TCU is obviously wanting to beat Texas Tech a lot for the, uh, you know, the Texas rivalry and the in-state rivalry and whatnot. But, um, 
yeah, I, I don't, I still really, really like Texas tech. I think they have a super solid team and um, I, I don't think that you can put much stock into that loss either. Yeah. Um, I've got two teams to keep your eye out uh, for. And uh, from then skip, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this up. The two teams that I have um to uh to keep your eyes out for Michigan State whom we talked about for all the reasons we mentioned um Izzo this time of year he's gonna have the Spartans fired up um and then another team that's been brought to my attention shout out Cole Albright LSU uh the Mizzou transfer Xavier Penson uh he's nasty um and LSU they let one slip away at Kentucky they had Kentucky beat in that game let it slip away uh but keep your eye out for the Tigers um, I think they can be a pretty dangerous tournament team. Super athletic. Uh, Sharif O'Neal, too. Shaq's kid is on LSU. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think he's Shaq, but it's still really sick. So keep your eye out for them. Uh, Skip, anybody in mind? Yeah, uh, I, I like that take by you. Um, shout out to SEMO, uh, play, uh, team on my radar, Murray State. Yeah. Murray State. Shout out John Morant. Yeah, um, definitely. But Murray State quietly 18 straight wins mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and they have squeaked their way into the top 25 as well. Um, again, uh, you know, another go-ahead three that a player hit with the game tied. And uh, I know that you were – were you in attendance at that game? Yeah, yep, I was. I was actually working that game. Um, it was sick. Uh, Murray, I have this written down too. I, I missed it. Murray's the real deal. Um, they have really good guard play. Um, KJ Williams is a guy that can score at all three levels of the floor. He didn't have a good first half. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, came out, ended the game with 23. Um, they were down 11 at one point um, and a pretty a decently hostile crowd, some uh, bad blood between the two schools. Um, it was pretty, pretty full. Uh, and Murray just made plays when it had to, was the better team. Um, it was, it was kind of sad though, honestly. Simo had them beat for sure um, and let it slip through their hands. Um, but good teams find a way to win this time of year. And uh, I, I mean, I want SEMO to win the Ohio Valley, but if I had to uh, put real thought into it, Murray is going to win the Ohio Valley. Um, they're really good. They just beat Belmont before – they beat Belmont on Thursday by, like, 30. Belmont's in second place in the OVC. So, um, Murray's real, bro. 28-2, and 18-0, clean sweep of the OVC. Wow. Clean sweep? Yep. Ooh, man, that's – that's impressive. I don't care what conference you're in that, that is very, very impressive. And, um, you know, I mean, 28 and two, that's just an absurd record. And, um, I know that we've talked about it several times, bro, but Murray state, that's going to be like your 10, 11, 12 seed. That's going to, you know, you're, you're looking at a 12, five matchup with, with Murray state and, you know, so that, that could be a bracket buster right there. So, Watch out for Murray State. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. <clears throat> uh, also starting this week, Missouri Valley. Bears don't know who they play yet. They play the winner of Valparaiso and Evansville. Huge for the Bears to get the two seed uh, because 
I love the matchup between either of those two teams. Doesn't matter which one it is. Give it to me. Um, Missouri State. Missouri State can win Arch Madness, people. You heard it here on the Figure It Out pod first. Missouri State can win Arch Madness. I'm not sitting here saying, telling you that they're going to, but they can do it if the right team shows up for three games. So keep your eye out for awesome mid-major uh, tournaments this weekend. Um, Skip, I don't have anything else for you, brother. No, I think that that was a, a great episode. And, um, you know, it's just – it's going to be so interesting to see what ends up happening, man. I, I cannot wait. Um, as you alluded to it earlier, some of these uh, conference tournaments are starting this week. Then we got Selection Sunday coming up. I uh, just I, I cannot wait for Selection Sunday and and uh, to see the matchups and and to uh, to start start filling out some brackets and just out of curiosity, man, how many brackets do you think you're going to fill out this year? Uh, I don't know. I might just fill out the uh, I might just fill out the one um and stick it in the figure it out pod bracket challenge <laughs> yeah there you go i'll probably I'll that... probably actually do one at my office i bet we do yeah. one at the office um so probably you know at the end of the day probably like three or four <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i know i know that people have different philosophies about how they fill out their bracket you know they, they go for their their main one that they if they have to put money down like that yeah that's what they're gonna pick and then they go for you know sometimes the Cinderella stories here and there that they think or uh, or their favorite team or or whatever. So um, yeah, I I can't wait. I'm I'm probably in the same boat. Uh, you know, just with different friend groups and whatnot. I'll, I'll probably uh, end up filling out about three or four. But I'm just hoping and praying that my uh, my Duke Blue Devils can be cutting down the nets at the end of the season. <laughs> Well, the best thing about it, Skip, is that we get to watch and find out. Um, another great episode, Basketball Edition, here on the Figure It Out podcast. Uh, follow along this week. Um, we'll be sending out some tweets and stuff, big games uh, this week and this weekend. Um, but other than that, enjoy uh, the first day of March. College basketball, baby, it's here. Um, and it's almost gone, too, which is kind of weird to think about. Don't really want to think about it, but it's coming down to the end of it. Um, it'll be gone before we know it. So enjoy it while you can. Uh, appreciate you listening in. Skeeby, we'll talk to you next Monday, brother. All right. Take it easy, Chan.